Heavenly Father, thank you once again that we may come before your throne. We want to sit at your feet and learn from you. We know that not just are these presentations for us as parents and how to raise godly children, but we are children too. And these principles are for our own heart, Lord. We have rebellious hearts at time. Either our hearts are um, actively rebellious, passive, or we're very creative in our disobedience. And I know that you want us to surrender our hearts to you as well. So as we're working with your, our children, we know that they reflect our own character and that as we work with their characters, you are actually working with our characters at the same time. So I ask that we always would be in surrender to you. And I know when we read it within your word, it should not ever be a matter of am I convicted, but you said it, that should be good enough for us. It's just a matter of surrendering the heart. So I ask now as we finish our last presentation that you would go before us and put your words and thoughts in our mind and help it to be clear. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Today's that last presentation, Changing the Selfish Heart. Now, Megan and I decided that we were really going to let Amy do the majority of this one because she is the queen of outreach, if you have not noticed. This lady is amazing on the ideas God gives her for outreach. And um, she did one for our family first. And by the way, we were planning yesterday for family first, and we have an amazing program, so please sign up. This year it's going to be September 20th, I think, did I get that right, Gail? 20, 20 to 22, so sign up for family first. It does fill up. We only have so much slots, but it's going to be an amazing program. Um, if you don't know about, is there anybody here that doesn't know about family first? Have never heard about it? Don't know? Oh, you don't know. Oh, you don't know. Oh, then come to Family First. Family First is something we started five years ago, and it's to help families be families, Christian families. So we always have a nature nugget in there. We always have something on devotions, teach you how to have devotions with your children. Um, we have always a theme that we're going to be working around. One year it was on character, different characters. This year it's growing healthy children for the Lord. Um, so we always have a theme that we're doing with a lot of practical ideas that you have. You do everything as a family, go around as a family. And then Sundays you have family time too. We use the whole camp, so you have opportunities. It's kind of like, um, I wouldn't say it's quite like, what's the one in the summer for families? Family camp. It's not quite like family camp, but it's maybe like a little small portion because um, a lot of people can't afford family camp, but you can do... Um, family first, because we do discount it quite a bit, so that you're able to come. But it's just helping families to learn how to be families. Yes? It's at Campus Abo. And so please um, sign up for it. You will be blessed. Make sure that you sign up quickly. Uh, yeah. When Gail finally opens it up, she's going to scold me. That's okay. I always have to put in a plug. When she opens up the registration, sign up quickly because it fills up fast. Yeah. Um, Gail, do they just get onto the website when it opens? Michigan puts a lot of effort. I mean, we work on Family First. We've been doing this for five years. There's a, a group of us that do this, and we all pray a lot and put a lot of energy and effort into it. How many have gone to Family First? Raise your hand. Have you been blessed? Okay, only just a few of you. The rest of you come to Family First. <laughs> it is a blessing. So anyway, so before we actually get into Amy's part, now she's going to be calling, um, having Megan involved and stuff um, as we go along, but before we actually get there, our family thought it was very important to have an outreach for our children. 
um, because often Satan glorifies sin. Now we decided to do, we did outreach a little bit different than what Amy's going to share. We did go out and do um, literature with our children, pass out literature. We also did coal portering with our children, especially my husband took them out coal portering. And uh, Stacy wanted to give Bible studies when she was six, so I gave her seven texts and um, taught her to read. She didn't know how to read yet, so I gave her seven texts, and she went out, like I said before, and gave Bible studies. So our outreach was a little different. We did some of that, but our outreach was more in service. We did different things, and I'll share a couple of those, what we did, more in service, because our thing that we were concerned about is Satan glorifies sin so much, and it looks fun. And maybe this is because we took in rebellious teens in our house, and of course, when they got into some of these things, they were doing drugs, they never thought they would be addicted to drugs. You know, when they started liking boys, they never thought they'd end up pregnant. You know, their goal wasn't that in goal. That wasn't their goal. It was just to have fun, and Satan's temptations were luring them in. And of course, when he gets a hold of you, he holds you, and he gets you further, further into sin. And so our feeling was that we wanted our children to understand to what sin really was, and that it may look fun, but it's not fun. Once Satan holds you, it's not fun. And um, so when we took in these Adventist teens, and like I said, they were into drugs, one was pregnant, one was in demonic worship, we took her three years, and she was cut and bruised, and it was really bad, you just wouldn't think a child, and it was so bad, like, and I think I already shared this, we were having, uh, our mom called and found her satanic Bible, threw it in the fire and tried to burn it up three times, and it kept jumping out, and we were having prayer meeting at the time she called, and I said, well, just stay on the phone. After we say amen, throw it in the fire. And when we did, it consumed immediately. But, I mean, that's how bad it can be. And um, so we wanted our children to understand this. And then that got a little hard because my children were young, of course, when we took these kids in. And I had to be there all the time, all the time, watch what's going on. The last teen we had was very old in her knowledge but very young. She still wanted to play dolls with my... She's the one that thought she was pregnant. She's the one that wanted to play dolls with my children, but yet she had a whole lot more knowledge than just playing dolls. So I had constantly... I could never let my children out of sight. And that's when we decided no more older children until our girls got older. We'd take in babies. So we took in children that had been in abusive homes and different things. And these came, like I said, again, from Adventist homes. And so our children saw sin very, very differently, that it was not pleasure. It was pain. And that's what we wanted them to see, that it was um, pain. And um, so anyway, our motto was this, that we followed, shelter our children from the temptation of sin, but not from the consequences of sin. So that's what we stood by, that we want them to say that we're going to protect them, put a guard around them from temptations. So we guarded those avenues of the soul very, very carefully. We didn't have a TV at that time. Computers weren't an issue. Um, So we didn't have that. Cell phones weren't an issue, so we didn't have that. You know, so all we had was a TV, and we traded it for a piano, which was great. So that was very easy for us to take care of. But we wanted our children, because they were sheltered, to be able to see what consequences were. So we started taking our places, children to different places. We started with the children's hospital. We were in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, and they had a hospital that was for children that were cancer children, you know, cancer. They all had cancer. And so I called the person at the, um, I don't know what you call her, the head administrator for the hospital, and I said, my children would like to make some things for the children. What can we make? And they told us the different things that we could make. So every holiday we made something. We found out the children's birthdays when those were happening so we could bring something. And then we made all our gifts and our crafts, and then we took them to the hospital. And they had an area they would bring the children into. And my children were little. They were six and seven at the time, so they were young. But Um, It was such a blessing to my children because they they weren't bothered with their sickness at all. And these children were very blessed to have other children that weren't sick in the hospital because they're always in the hospital seeing sick children. So it was nice to have people associate with them. So we did that for quite a few years. 
And um, then we went to nursing homes, of course, and we sang to them. And we adopted two ladies that were there that didn't have families, that didn't have people coming to visit. So we found out who didn't have families or the families weren't coming to visit them. And so we took them on. And our children learned so much. I mean, they would sit at their feet and just hear their stories. And I'm going to tell you one really cute one. This lady was so sweet. Something happened, and she wasn't able to use the lower part of her body. And... um, so she had been in there for quite some time. Her mind was just sharp, though. And so she'd sit down and tell the good old days, the stories of her childhood. And it was so neat. And one day she was telling she always made chocolate pies for her husband when he was alive. He loved chocolate pies, but somebody was stealing them. Every day, somebody would take it out of his lunch and steal. And she made them, and they steal them. And they never could find out how. And she said, well, I think I know how to fix this. So she said, I made a pie with chocolate x And I found out who was actually stealing the pies, you know? And then my girls just laughed. I thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> anyway, they found out who. And so they learned so many stories, and they, the girls couldn't wait to go back again. I can't wait for us to, her to tell us another story. And I mean, she was full of them. She was just a very spunky lady and just had so much life in her. So that was really nice. The other lady that we adopted, um, she had... Parkinson's, I think, wasn't it? And um, she shook so bad, but she didn't want the medication because when she studied God's word, her mind was not sharp. She said, I'd rather shake and be able to be in God's word than I would um, to have my shakes and not have a sound mind. And um, so we spent a lot of time praying with her and doing Bible scripture verses with her. And she just loved in Bible studies with her. And these were all non-Adventists that we were working with. But anyway, it was a real blessing to our children. So we spent quite a few years there. Um, while we were in Tennessee working in a nursing home. The other thing is animal shelters, and this is what I want my children to know. In the children's hospital, sin causes innocent children to suffer. The nursing home, sin brings death. And then animal shelters, sin brings neglect. Now, animal shelters really appreciate it. They'd go in and feed the animals. They would just walk them, spend time with them, and they just really enjoyed doing that. The other was a homeless shelter. Um, sin brings ruin, you know, and even places that you can go to feed the homeless. These are good places to go. We had a lady that called, this was years and years ago, I was in Texas, and I did a seminar, and a lady called me soon after that, and said so she had a teenager that was just starting in rebellion, and she did everything she could do, didn't know how to help this child. And I said, don't say anything. Just call the homeless shelter and ask if you can volunteer. Take them at least two to three times a week, volunteering at the homeless shelter. And don't say anything. Just take them. I said, because the men there will start talking, and you won't have to say a thing. And sure enough, those men came in and was telling them how they used to have a home, and they had families, and they had a nice house, and they lost everything. They started drinking, and they lost their families first, and they lost their home. Then they lived on the streets, and they had been on the streets so long they didn't know how to get off the streets. And that they would say... Don't you drink, young man. We thought one drink wouldn't hurt us, but look where we are. And they did all the preaching. Mom didn't have to do a thing. She called a month later. She said, I have a new child. So it just turned him around from just being in a place that he could share And also, our girls volunteered, like both of them wanted to. One wanted cello lessons. And of course, we were in what we call self-depleting work. I think it's called self-supporting work, but it wasn't very supporting. It was more like self-depleting, you know? So we were very limited. Like I said, we lived on $8,000 a year, so we had very little money. But our girls are very creative. They wanted, one wanted cello lessons. And so she called a lady that had cello, and she said, would um, you make a trade with me? I'll come clean your house for cello lessons. Now, isn't that a good trade? So she got cello lessons, and she cleaned a house. So she was ministering, and the lady was giving her something back. And both of them worked at a Christian bookstore, volunteered. They would go in and work at a Christian bookstore to pass out some of our literature and stuff, Christian books. And so there was a lot of opportunities to witness in different ways. And so those were some of the things that we did when our girls were little. And they learned a lot of lessons at a very early time. So the main point is that we want our children to do outreach in any type of form. And so we're going to put our queen of outreach up here, and she is going to share all the beautiful blessings God has taught her in outreach. Yep. Is it working? 
Yeah, I hear it. There, it's working. Um, I have to say that God is the king of outreach. He, uh, he just, I told him once, if you keep giving me ideas, I'll keep sharing them. And it was not long after that that Gail called me to speak at camp meeting three years ago for the first time. And ever since then, he keeps having opportunities for me to share them. So he keeps giving me ideas, and I keep sharing them. He is very, very good. So we want to talk about changing the selfish heart today. And I know that since you're here, um, you care about your children. You care about their, um, their hearts. And you, you, I'm sure that you long for them just as much as I do. You long for them to think about others before they think about themselves. We want them to naturally get in the habit of being other-centered. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We want our hearts and the hearts of our children to be changed from the natural selfishness to selfless. But the problem is, is that this is how we live life. I love me. We're born naturally with that mentality. Uh, just like Lucifer in Isaiah 14, you know, it talks about him saying, I, I, I. He lifted up his, himself. And so without that heart change, we end up living to please ourselves, and we end up just serving ourselves and thinking about ourselves first, unless we are trained to live for Jesus and to live for others. The Bible speaks about or against living for ourselves. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Uh, further, Ellen White has a ton to say about self-denial and selflessness. On page 133 of Child Guidance, it says, one of the characteristics that should be especially cherished and cultivated in every child is that of self-forgetfulness, which imparts to the life such an unconscious grace. Of all excellences of character, this is one of the most beautiful, and for every true life work, it is one of the qualifications most essential. A little further down uh, the page, it says, how carefully should parents manage their children in order to counter out, counteract every inclination to selfishness? They should continually suggest ways by which their children may become thoughtful for others and learn to do things for their fathers and mothers who are doing everything for them. And of course, we can only do this and we can only teach this through Christ and his help. Philippians 4.13 says what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right. And further, sometimes we don't feel like we have the ideas or the wisdom that it takes, but in James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So truthfully, we are left without excuse. This is our job, but God has promised that he will help us with this. So where do we start? We start at home. Um, Testimonies, Volume 9, says, Our work for Christ is to begin with the family, in the home. There is not a missionary field more important than this. By precept and example, parents are to teach their children to labor for the unconverted. The children should be so educated that they will sympathize with the aged and the afflicted and will seek to alleviate the sufferings of the poor and distressed. They should be taught to be diligent in missionary work, and from their earliest years, self-denial and sacrifice for the good of others and the advancement of Christ's cause should be inculcated that they may be laborers together with God. And one other one in uh, Testimonies, Volume 6, but if they ever learn to do genuine missionary work for others, they must first learn to labor for those at home who have a natural right to their offices of love. So home. So, you know, we think of outreach and we think of going out into the community and evangelizing those who don't know Jesus. But we need to start right in our home. Our children need to learn to love those who they live with because, frankly, sometimes that's the hardest. But so we have to form these habits of kindness and of outreach and of service and of love. And we do, those by, do this by repeating actions over and over. So we need to give them lots of opportunity to love, to reach out, to serve, and to think of others. 
And there are many, many ways that you can do this. So I'm just gonna share a few ways that we do this at home, that we have done this. Um, one of them is just what I call the kindness bowl. It's just the little glass bowl. It's nothing special at all, but it has these little pieces of paper in it. There's five of them because we have five members in our family. So there's a name on each one. And whenever I see that kindness, that we need to intentionally think about kindness, about serving each other, uh, we whip this out. Everybody draws a name that is not their own. And then they have two or three days, we set a time, that they need to have done something intentionally for that person. And so we give a couple of days because we really want thought to go into it. And the beauty is, is that, you know, for two days, they're pondering over and thinking about and praying about what can I do for my brother or for my mother or for whoever it is. They're intentionally thinking about others and what they can do kind for that person. So we've had a few things come out of it. Uh, once my daughter sewed a pillow for her brother and wrote a nice little very loving note um, and put it on his bed. Um, another child made little coupons for head and back massages and other little kindnesses. There's been food made and there's just been all sorts of fun little things um, that say, I love you, I was thinking about you. And it's good for them to get into the habit of thinking about what they can do to serve and love um, their family members. Because that's the most important time. It takes time and thought to intentionally focus on others. Um, another, th let me just say, oh yeah. Another thing that we've done with our family, we've also done it with other families, uh, but it's great for family. You take your children to Walmart, we did it at Meyer here, but anyone, in either one, and we gave them a dollar ten. Really, it was a dollar, but we figured we should give them tax too, um, because they drew a name, and they were to think they were to roam around the store. With there were five, there were four adults. So, anyways, we worked that out. But um, anyways, and they were to find something for just one dollar to buy for the person that they drew. And it was actually neat in this scenario. My my kids all drew their siblings, and the other two siblings just happened to draw draw themselves, but they went around the store looking and pouring over everything, and there are still a few things for a dollar. They had a lot of fun. As you can see here, they got uh, little Hot Wheels cars out of it, somebody got Silly Putty, my daughter got a grapefruit, and Dylan got a mango. He loves mangoes, and they happened to be a dollar that week. So anyways, that was just a short little activity. It was a lot of fun, and uh, they spent some time thinking of how to make somebody else happy. Another thing that we do, sporadically, we will have random days which I have deemed acts of kindness day. These come up just as needed as well. Um, sometimes it's where they're looking for the good in others, and sometimes it's when they're recording the, their own kindnesses and good deeds because they, that gives them intentional thought about what they can do. Um, this is good because it addresses the ugliness in our children's hearts. And a very important thing about this is that it's important for parents to be involved. When I talk this way, it's much better. Hmm. Can you all hear me if I just, okay, good. Okay, so with this Acts of Kindness Day, it has kind of evolved over time. When my children were little, we would just use a jar and we had these little puff balls. And if it was that we were looking for the kindnesses of other people, anytime they saw, oh, brother took my dishes to the sink or something, then they would, put a puff ball in the jar. And when we filled it up, since we were all working on this together, at the end of the day, if we filled it up, then we had a popsicle or we read an extra story before bedtime. Now, I have to say, I have so enjoyed that my children are very simple to please. They don't have a lot of big fancy things. And so little things, even if I gave them a dollar, it would be pleasing to them. <laughs> and so anyways, um, we would just try and fill it up in that day. As it evolved, I remember one time um, I printed off a picture of a thermometer, and they would I, have, I would have it marked off, and we were trying to get 30 acts of kindness for the day, and so they would write down the act of kindness that they saw or that they did, and then they would fill it in. And so when we got to the top, when we got 30, then we would celebrate that. And I tell you, those days, it transforms your whole day because everyone's thinking about kindness, everyone's thinking about love. 
and you never know what will happen. I remember my sock drawer got organized one day. I mean, things get vacuumed, beds get made, all sorts of fun things happen. <laughs> so it's just it's a really fun time, and actually the very last time we did it, uh, probably within the last six months, we just used an index card, <laughs> and they wrote down, I think we were looking for the kindnesses of others that time. Um, and so it doesn't have to be fancy for the little kids. They love little colorful things. Uh, for my kids now, they're okay with an index card and a prize at the end. And actually, when, uh, I think it was that we were looking for kindnesses. No, it was their own intentional kindnesses because I wanted everyone to win. And so as long as you had something, then everybody, or I think maybe as long as you had a certain amount, then everybody got a prize. And so because kindness always wins. So those are some of the fun things we have done with that. Uh, we also like to make our home a missionary center. Uh, we love hospitality, and so whether it is inviting our neighbors over for a meal, um, I also um, know have a friend who invited the neighbors over for a pizza gathering just to get to know them, or at Christmas time, um, cookies and carols. They just invite their neighbors to bring cookies and they sing carols around uh, the piano. I know that, um, Sabbath lunch is kind of a dying tradition, but it is so important to invite people to your home. And I just want to give you a, an encouraging little tip about this. Um, we love hospitality, but we are not fancy. So I have three kids who can help me clean the house. We do clean the house. If it can't be perfect, though, you don't worry about that. You just start inviting people over. But you use paper plates. That is so easy. You don't have to do a lot of dishes. You use plasticware. You could even make it a potluck, so people are just coming and sharing a meal together. But invite people over. When we first really, we've always done it, but when we got to a district of northern Michigan, there were, um, we had potluck every Sabbath, and so we couldn't have people over. And so one of the things we love to do, well, we started, we thought, well, we'll start having people over on Friday night. That is easy, especially in the fall and the winter. Soup and bread, everyone is happy. Paper bowls and paper plates, nobody complained but people just like to come over. And then you end it with family Friday night worship, opening up the Sabbath. And my children, that's the time that they will, from, from then on, they're like, let's have them over on Friday night if we have a choice. Friday night is just such a fun time to have people over, and they really look forward to that. So don't be afraid to have people over. It doesn't matter if your house is perfect. It doesn't matter if your children are perfect. Just invite people over, and it's just a fun time. One other thing that we have done with that, um, this homemade Meals on Wheels, we wanted to have a family over, but they were elderly. They lived an hour away from us, and so we decided to let them know. We sort of invited ourselves over to their house. It was kind of weird, except for that we took the whole meal with us, and we served them in their own home. And it was beautiful. They just appreciated it so much, and we all just had a really nice time together that Sabbath afternoon. So you can get creative with it. Birthdays is another occasion where you can instill selflessness in your child. And this has become such a fun thing in our family. Um, we've never really had a lot of birthday parties, but I'm not opposed to birthday parties at all. We just decided that our children didn't need to invite lots of children over and get 10 gifts, and because that sort of elevates the mind of self in a child. And so we were pondering on how to do things differently. and. As I was pondering on this, we came upon this quote, and I'm just sure that I had read it before, but um, it's Adventist Home, page 473. It says, on birthday occasions, the children should be taught that they have reason for gratitude to God for his loving kindness in preserving their lives for another year. Precious lessons might thus be given for life, health, food, and clothing, no less than for the hope of eternal life. We are indebted to the giver of all mercies. And it is due to God to recognize his gifts and to present our offerings of gratitude to our greatest benefactor. These birthday gifts are recognized in heaven. And let me tell you, these birthday memories will last so much longer, too. Plus, you're building an unselfish character in your children. And so we have had a lot of fun with this, and I just wish I could tell you all of them. But I chose just a few. Um, my boys share birthday in February. And so a couple of years ago, they wanted to follow their sister's example because she had done this once before. And they wanted to visit a local animal shelter. They wanted to invite some friends to come with them. And instead, in the invitations, instead of, um, well, it doesn't say bring me a gift, but 
instead of letting them assume they were supposed to bring my children a gift, they said, please bring a gift for the animal shelter um, instead. And so um, we had a lot of fun. This is the kids at the animal shelter, and they all brought gifts for the animal shelter instead. And the animal shelter appreciated it so much, thought it was the neatest idea. But the great thing about it is not only are you serving and giving, but then they also gave us a tour of the facility. And the kids, they took us all over, but then they had plenty of time to play with the animals. And poor Dylan wanted to take that little doggy home. We were in Tennessee, though, and we live in Michigan, so we couldn't. But they had so much fun um, with that idea. And something I just thought of as I was sitting there, um, you know how sometimes with birthday parties, children, the families will give out these little bag party favors and whatnot? Well, their birthday is in February, and so I got this idea. I thought, party favors. We're going to give party favors. But they're this little, it's not a glow track, but it's a little track for kid with a story and a lesson. It's like a glow track. Um, and then I have a little card in here. God has you in his. There's a heart candy, and there's a Bible verse. I have loved you with an everlasting love. So we gave all the kids these, and one of them was passing them out to everybody at the um, animal shelter, and the others just took them home so that they could share them with other people as they had the need. But it was around Valentine's, and so that's why we did something like this. So what a perfect party favor. Then they can go, and they can share Jesus' love with others as well. Um, another birthday that we did once was an ADRA birthday party. Um, so my daughter chose to support ADRA, and in her invitation, she asked people to bring whatever donation they wanted that would go towards ADRA instead of bringing her a gift, and then that money would be donated. And let me tell you, she had so much fun. I don't know if you've ever looked through those ADRA catalogs. There are so many choices of things that you can donate to. Oh, she was thrilled, and I think with the money that she got, she was able to choose three different things that she could do uh, for people around the world, and so she thought that was great. And another time, um, Kaylee collected supplies. She got money for her birthday that was supposed to be spent on um, somebody else or something else, some project. And so she was trying to figure out what to do, and we heard about a missionary in the Marshall Islands um, on the island of Ebi who there had been damage to the school, and they needed all sorts of supplies, and they needed money. And so she decided that she was going to start a project to support this e-buy project. And so she invited friends and family. We got on Facebook and announced it to everyone. We had two churches at this time, so she invited, took flyers and invited all the church members to be involved. Um, and so not only did she collect all these school supplies that she was able to donate, she also collected $306, which ended up being about one-third of the money that they needed to um, buy a, start a greenhouse fund for their island. And so she was so thrilled with that. She just loves to put together little projects like this. And I have to tell you that the sky's the limit. I wish I could tell you about my 40th birthday party. If there's time at the end, there probably won't be. I'll tell you about it. But it was the best 40th birthday party I ever had because it wasn't about me. But so you just get creative, pray, ask, and ask your kids. My kids are now coming up with things that they can do on their birthdays to praise the Lord for the life that he has given them, and it just creates so many fun memories. Holidays has been another burden on my heart that, you know, if we celebrate it like the world does, then it's all about us, and it's all about gifts. But we, want it to be, we wanted it to be specifically different. So specifically in this area of holidays, I was thinking about Christmas at first, but it's morphed to so many other things. And so we were praying about how to make it others-centered, and I read this quote in Adventist Home. It says, when you have a holiday, make it a pleasant and happy day for your children, and make it also a pleasant day for the poor and the afflicted. Do not let the day pass without bringing thanksgiving and thank offerings to Jesus. So we started praying about how we could give thank offerings to Jesus on specifically Christmas and then all the other holidays as well. And the Lord, the first idea he ever gave me about Christmas was that we could, and this has become our very, very favorite uh, Christmas holiday. But what we do, the, well, how it first started out is we first started making muffins and putting together little glow track packs. Um, what you see right there, it says, have a holly jolly Christmas, and there's a little jolly rancher with a Bible verse. There's a Christmas glow track in it. 
Then we had other goodies like the muffins and apple cider, sometimes candy canes. And we would have that ready the night before. And on Christmas morning, after we ate breakfast, but before we opened gifts or anything like that, we would all get, get all these little treasures and we would jump in the car and we would go to places that were open on Christmas morning. That's like gas stations, convenience stores, hotels, and Walgreens. Walgreens is always open too. And so we would take our gifts, the kids would have these things in their hands and we would walk into the first place, into the hotel. And when we saw someone, we would look at them, we'd smile and we would start singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And we would sing that to them, and the kids would place their treasures and offerings up on the counter or wherever they were, hand them to them, we'd finish singing, and then we would just um, say thank you so much for serving others on Christmas morning. And I gotta tell you, people's hearts were touched. There were people that were in tears, there were people that just would hug us and smile. One guy at Walgreens, I don't know why he was working at Walgreens, because he said he was a music teacher. But anyways, he's like, sing it again, sing it again. So I think we sang We Wish You Merry Christmas like four times. And he would bring people out to hear it. <laughs> anyways, it just, it was so neat. And one time, at a, one time we went into this hotel. We got done singing, and the lady's like, I know you, I know you. She said, last month, you were passing out apple cider uh, with these little tracks. She's like, I just know that God has something to tell me. So... You never know who you'll meet, but I tell you, we just experienced a lot of smile and joy in others, but the joy in our own hearts. It made for the best Christmases, and so we changed it a little bit this last year. Um, we have a small hospital in the town that we lived, and so I kind of decided that maybe homemade stuff was maybe not the best, and because I wasn't sure what other people would think about it. So anyways, we got little small little Christmas bags, and we put granola bars and candy cane we put the glow track um, little packet in there and some other little goodies that people would like. We went to the hospital and the first lady was, there are not many people there on Christmas, but um, there was the receptionist. So we did it to her and she was so thrilled with it. She directed us where exactly we needed to go. So next we went into the ER and it, Lord was so good. We had 24 bags. We went all over that little hospital and there were exactly 24 people that we came into contact that were working there. We were there for the employees. Um, and so it was so much fun. Um, that, that has become our very favorite thing to do on Christmas. One other thing, and this actually had to do with my, my 40th birthday. My birthday's in December, and so it's a perfect time to do for others. Um, this one, I don't know if you can read it, but the sign, it's a basket. It has chips and cookies and granola bars, and then we put together some... Um, this little card says, thank you for serving your community. And there's a York peppermint patty. There's a Bible verse. And there's a glow track back here. And um, so we had some of those in there as well. But it was for the delivery drivers, basically, UPS and USPS and FedEx. My husband gets stuff all the time for the churches. Or it was December, so it was Christmas, and we would get packages. We made this up, and we set it up on the porch, hoping that they would see it and take some stuff. And it was so much fun. Uh, the kids, the first time we saw a UPS man drive up, there's a, the kids are like, there's a delivery person here. So they run to the kitchen, and they duck down below the window so they can watch to see what he does. And uh, so he comes up, and he kind of walks past it, and he does this double take. And he's like, he sees exactly what it is after he puts the package down on the porch. And he's like, yes! And he took some things out of it. And they were just so thrilled. Oh, and so what that, um, what that sign says under the driver's names, it says, please take some goodies to enjoy while on your route. Thank you so much for making holiday shopping easier. We hope you have a blessed Christmas. And then our name. And so it's, Christmas is just a wonderful time for sharing God's love, for saying thank you, because people work hard, um, and for getting, getting uh, the love of Jesus out there. One other thing, we've actually done this for a very long time, since the kids were little. It is an advent calendar. You may be familiar with some of the ones out there, the little thing, little doors you open, and maybe you get a chocolate, or maybe you get a Lego, or some other toy. Well, I had it in my heart that I wanted my kids to do an advent calendar, but I wanted it to be filled with much better things, like acts of kindness and service. Um, there's Christmas fun, winter fun. Um, and so we love this time of year, and we love to take advantage of it for outreach. So as you can see, there, those cards are numbered 1 through 24. So on December 1, they 
turn over the December 1 card, <clears throat> and there's some sort of activity there. And so we've done a lot of different things. Uh, once we took laundry soap, a bottle of laundry soap with a tag that said it was for anyone to use, and we took it to the laundromat, and the, there was a worker there. Actually, she just gave us a great big hug and let us know that there were so many people that came in um, that didn't have money for soap. Then these same little thank you for serving your community mints, we've left them, we have an urgent care near us, we've left these on the cars so that people find them. We take them, we give hot drinks, and then these to bell ringers. We just, oh, and this is another one my kids love. Um, this is a little bag. It has a dollar in it and a Christmas glow track, and there's a little tag in it that says you've been racked, which stands for random act of Christmas kindness. And they like to hide these around the dollar store. And we've never stayed long enough to see people find them. But anyways, they hide them in various things, and they just think that's the greatest thing. So also, so the Lord gave me this idea, and he impressed me to offer it to other people. And so um, you'll see down here, you'll have to look at it. I've put packets together. I only have three Christmas ones and four uh, November Thanksgiving ones, but they're filled with all sorts of tags and Christmas activities. There's instructions. There's a whole list of ideas and explains how to do them. If you're interested in this type of thing, I do sell those. And Megan is one of the people who have, has used these. And so she's just going to tell you a little bit about how she used this. Hello. Okay, so as soon as she offered these on Facebook, I think, yeah. I was like, yes. We want this. We want this really bad. And so here's a couple of the things that we did from the kit. Um, we So we opened a new card. I've actually used it for two years in a row, and um, then I was struggling with how to write it on the back. But seriously, this stuff is really cute. You wanted me to wait for that one, right? Or no? <laughs> you, so this stuff is really cute, but even if you wrote on the back of it and you wanted to reuse it and you couldn't, like it's this stuff that's the meat, right? It tells you all the ideas of what to do. And so I just used like little cards the next year and wrote my own ideas in. And her ideas were so great, but then I, even I was getting new ideas of things I could put in my cards. So we made treats for neighbors to give. We went to cashiers. Like if if we were just at the grocery store, we had a couple, and the kids were like looking for which cashier they would give it to, and they were so excited to give it to them. And then we even um, did some, okay, this was my favorite thing that we did. It, the challenge was, they opened it up, and the challenge was um, go, go and send a, a gift to someone who's unsuspecting, right? So we sat and we were praying, Lord, who should we give our gifts to? And they both picked somebody. And then I think I might have even put the money in the car that it would, it would take to buy this gift for them. And so they went and bought the gift and they wrapped it up and we went and sent it. And then it was just like, I think later, weeks later, they call this or maybe they even took a picture and said, we got your gift in the mail. But it was so exciting for them to do that. But besides that, we did a few other things, too. Um, there were these acts of kindness, but there was also um, this idea where you could hide a nativity set piece. Maybe, I don't know if I got it from you or another one, but I added it to it. And so in there was a different piece of the nativity set with a verse on it. Or And then as they get older, I have them find the verse themselves. Where was this at in the Bible? And so they'll go and find their little nativity set, and I'll give them a clue, like, please look high, and it would be somewhere you eat food. <laughs> You know, or, and they would go and find their, and that was so exciting for them to do that. But I've also heard the idea where they can take an, a, you can give them a nativity set and they can pick one little friend or neighbor and they can place little pieces of the nativity set on their doorstep, like ding dong ditching, you know, where you wrap it up and they ring the doorbell and then they run away and they do this like, every day until the activities that is gone. And it's just really exciting and fun. So those were a few ideas that I got from her calendar. So it's really neat. Yep. If you do this type of thing, it's not so much about my ideas. It's just that we would make Christmas time a time of others and a time of service. And, and let me just tell you that holidays, especially Christmas, but really any day, any holiday, people are so open to the love of Jesus, to getting little gifts, um, to the outreaches that we would do. So people really enjoy that. 
We've also um, gone on to making lots of other holidays. One is just this past Christmas or Thanksgiving, we had a gathering at our home and we just put it in our church bulletins that anybody who didn't have a place to go was invited to come to our house for Thanksgiving. And so it was really neat. This actually, this one, well, it's kind of a dark picture, but this man on the very end here, he's from Africa and he's in, here in America on asylum. And so he was there, and it was really neat to talk with him. And there were just other people who didn't have family in the area. And so it was just nice, a nice time of sharing um, our home and food with just a random group on Thanksgiving Day. Another thing that we did, and I didn't have a section for this, but I'm really big on saying thank you. There are so many people in this world who do... You know, we thank the big people who do the big things, but oftentimes it's the secretaries and the garbage men and the little teachers and things like that that don't get thanked. And so I'm trying to teach my children to always say thank you. And so this was for Thanksgiving, we gave our piano teacher a gratitude tree. And so we just made this. It's a bucket on the bottom with styrofoam in it, and we poked, I don't know, a dowel, I think, in there and glued leaves on. And anyways, there's a gift card in there. Also, but just a small little way to th say thank you, and the kids helped me do that. That's the top of the gratitude tree. Um, and then we also, so in 2017, we were going to be on a mission trip during Christmas, and the kids love our Advent calendar for Christmas so much that they were so disappointed. So the Lord gave me an idea to make a gratitude calendar leading up to Thanksgiving Day. <clears throat> and so it's just the same idea as the Advent calendar. And it counts down the days till Thanksgiving, but it's filled with fun fall activities, acts of kindness, and many, many exercises in gratitude. And so each of those cards on the back, and I have to tell you what I do, because I do like to use things over, although I'm kind of a glutton for punishment, and I like to make new cards and envelopes every year, too, <laughs> because the kids like it. But to use them over, I just get other little cards. I write on that card, and I, like, tacky it to the back of this, so you can use them over. Um, but so we would bake treats for people to let them know that we were thankful for them, our Sabbath school teachers, pastors, teachers, all sorts of things. We would memorize verses about gratitude. Um, we did exercises to increase our thankfulness for God's protection and provision. And one of them my kids were not that fond of, but let me tell you, we had some good discussion and it really taught them the lesson was, it was a can of beans exercise. So for supper or any, any meal, uh, we only had a can of beans and I did let them pick what kind of beans they wanted, but that's all they got. Now, you probably don't wanna do that with little kids, but. <laughs> For my older kids, it was such a good lesson because there are people in this world who don't even get a can of beans. And so it made them very, very thankful and we had a lot of good discussion about how much we have to be thankful for and how God has provided us with so much. And so with both of these calendars, there are fun things to do with little kids. There are fun things to do with older kids. It's just really a focused time of either Jesus at Christmas time and also Jesus at, at Thanksgiving time, but gratitude as well. And Megan's going to tell you how she used this one as well. Yeah, because once you have one, then you realize... Am I on? Oh, there we go. <coughs> once you have one, then you realize just what a blessing it is for your kids and for your family. And so I just had a few um, things I want to share. So you saw her thankfulness tree, but one of the ideas was to actually make our own thankfulness tree where we would go. And we actually went outside and found the sticks, and we got some rocks and stuck it in a vase. And then we... Um, there were... I think leaves that we were able to cut out. So the kids cut out some leaves and they wrote names of people. And then we found pictures of those people and stuck it to the back of it. And then that was our centerpiece for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And anybody who came over, most people who came over found their name on that tree. Oh, and they yeah. were like, wow, we even prayed for those people. And so it was neat for the kids to have done the activity, but then it was also really neat for them to see those people come and say, you prayed for me? You're thankful oh, for me? And I wasn't even there, you know? <laughs> so it was that one was really, really fun. And then another thing we did was we went, um, like her exercise, there was one about no lights in a day. So for the whole day, from beginning to end, we didn't use lights. And we tried really hard not to use, like, any power at all. Let me tell you, the first time we did this, my son was in tears. <laughs> he was like, Mom, I can't do anything. There's nothing. 
nothing to do. I can't see my book to read. I can't do this. And it was really hard. And we had to have some conversations about that. But then by the next year, he was like, Mom, are we going to do that activity? And I said, yeah, maybe. He goes, I think I'll be ready for it this time. <laughs> so it was just a way for him to be thankful for that. And then um, another thing we did, okay, this one was really cool because I just have to tell you, Lord is working on me, right? But I'm a little bit afraid. Um, I just get afraid to go up to people. and <laughs> Anyways, so when I wanted them to do it, and one of the challenge was to go out in the community, so we decided to go to the library. And we had one of these with us. It says, thank you. And she gives you the cards and the things so you don't have to create it. You just stick your own candy on or whatever. And, um, put, and there's a glow track on the back. It says, thank you for serving our community. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. And so we went around the library, and it was actually, they were closing early that day for Thanksgiving. It was like that day. And um, they were finding different people, and there's this one lady at the front desk who's kind of cranky. <laughs> and she's like, you know. And um, one of my, I think it was one of them, it was our last one, and one of them said, we should give it to her. And I was like, yeah, you should. And then I hid. <laughs> here and I was like okay go ahead I'm watching you and so they went up to her and they gave it to her and she was like you know and then she took it in her hands and she's like oh you are giving this to me and they're like yeah you and she started crying and she said you just made my my whole day <laughs> and I was like oh I'm so ashamed I was hiding <laughs> And she, and so the kids were like, Mom, did you see? She was crying. She really loved that. So this really had an impact on them as well. And I think I just had one more to share with you that we did. And it was, um, oh, right here. My thankfulness oh, yes. rocks. Okay, so one of them was decorate a rock. And then put them out in the community. So we spent a morning. We found a bunch of rocks. Actually, I think these were from our trip to... Um, the UP, I think these are our UP rocks. And uh, we would we we painted them and then we tried to write pretty, but they kind of all ended up a little bit messy, which is fine. And then the best part was a couple of them we were really attached to. Like I really liked this one, so I kept it because all of us actually helped to make this particular rock. But the rest of them, we went out into the community like Walmart because Walmart's really close to our house. And we found where they had the rocks and places people entered and we just stuck them in the ground and we prayed over the rocks that one, that people would see them and feel blessed that day and then it and then also we would go back and we would say is our rock still there because what we were especially hoping is that somebody would take our rock and that angels would go with that rock and they would be especially blessed that week and so they were so excited to not find their rocks when we showed up so, amen yeah amen it brings a lot of fun and a lot of joy you know to a lot of other people when we do these things but it also brings a lot of joy to our hearts. Now, there are other holidays that maybe some of you know about. They're national holidays, but it's like, um, well, what are some of them? Now I can't even remember. Well, this first one, let me tell you. Oh, now, oh some of them. National Homemade Cookie Day. There's National Blueberry Pie Day. There's National Ice Cream Day. There's National Spouses Day, everything. And so I, I don't know how I first started noticing all these, but um, I did, and I love to observe them. So if your kids go to school, and even if they don't, they have you if you homeschool them, but um, we used to, in our last district, there was a school there, and so there's National Teacher Appreciation. I think it's week, but there's also a day. And so this is not my picture, but we did something like this, and I could not find my picture. We made a fake bouquet. We put all the kids' pictures on the flowers, and then we put some gift cards in there that the teacher, teacher would appreciate. And so this was our thank you to her for her service and for teaching the kids. Um, and so I just love to take advantage of these national holidays. And if you want to find out about them, you can just like, today, this month is June, you can Google June national holidays, and it will, there's websites that list na national holidays you never even wanted to know about. But there's a lot of good ones. And let me tell you, this has paid off for me because the last two years, my children have given me, teacher, I homeschool my kids, and they've given me, this is a, a pot of flowers, and it says, thank you for helping us to bloom and grow this school year. 
And I tell you, Galatians 6, 7 says, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you reap, or if you sow kindness and service and outreach, soon it will become a part of your children. Another um, national holiday that we observed a couple of years ago was May 17. It's National Baking Day. And if you know anything about us, we do a lot of cooking and baking, don't we, Cinda? <laughs> it's just one of our gifts, and so we use it for others and for the Lord. And so we turn National Baking Day into a day of a lot of fun, a lot of learning, and a lot of serving. So I contacted the domestic violence shelter in town, and I asked if we could bring over some baked goods for them. And so on that day, um, we made all of these baked goods, we took them to the, a couple of different shelters, actually, which here is a picture of them doing that. But then we also, there's a bakery in town, and she let us come, and we got a tour of the bakery. She taught us all about what she does. She even gave us some treats. So we learned a lot that day. We served a lot that day, and it was so much fun. And the kids got to deliver the things that they had made for these people. And so there are just a lot of national holidays out there that are really fun. I don't really have time to tell you, but I'll tell you really quick. When we moved to our last district, we were trying to figure out how to meet the neighbors. The houses are a little far apart, and so it was the end of September, and I found out that um, October 1 was National Homemade Cookie Day. So we made cookies, and we took uh, plates of homemade cookies around to the neighbors, and we said, hello, we're your new neighbors, and it's National Homemade Cookie Day. So we just wanted to bring you a treat and meet you. Anyways, it was a really nice way to meet our neighbors. But the list goes on and on. There's Pastor Appreciation Month and National Shut-In Visitation Day, National Spouses Day, Mail Carriers Day. You'll have to look down there, but I have a pack of gum, and it's, it's an extra pack of gum. So it says, thank you for going the extra mile to deliver our mail. And the kids like to put that in the mailbox. When we did an outreach um, week of prayer one time, the kids all took them. And then they made enough to pass out to everyone, every family in their church. So every family in that church had a pack of gum and a thank you with a glow track attached for their mail carrier that week. <clears throat> the last um, little section that I want to tell you about um, is glow tracks. When the Lord first started giving me ideas about outreach um, and teaching my kids about being other-centered, um, I was leading Bible labs at Adventist school in Alpena, and we wanted to hand out glow tracks. So the Lord started giving me ideas of things to attach to the glow tracks. Because just like probably almost every other adult, we have a little bit of shyness and scaredness about giving things. But when you have um, something attached to the glow track, it makes it easier for you to give to the person because you're giving them a gift, not just a glow track. And it makes it easier for the people to receive um, the glow tracks because they're receiving a gift. And so it's been a lot of fun. <coughs> I'm going to share with you just a few ideas um, at the end. And I think on your handout, there is my Bible Labs blog. It has many, many, many ideas. Eventually, I decided I better start recording them and keeping track of them. Um, the first idea that the Lord ever gave me was just to put a little red and white mint with a glow track. So the little card says, you're worth a mint to Jesus. There's a little candy in there. And I didn't put the other picture, but anyways, you can see it says glow at the top. So there's a glow track in there as well. One of, my, uh, one of the stories I really like about this is that my husband and I were eating in a restaurant, and after the meal, um, with our tip, we left a glow track with it, or we, we left one of these little glow track tips and a mint together. Um, and so, but before we left the restaurant, we needed to go use the restroom. So we went into the restroom, and we came back out, and the waitress comes hurrying over to us, and she says, can I have another one of these mint things? She's like, that guy over there, another worker, stole mine. <coughs> and uh, so I explained to her, it was actually the only mint packet that I had with me. Um, but she said, it's okay. It was the little pamphlet thing that I wanted. And so I had always carried glow tracks with you. I had a little stack of glow tracks in my purse, and so I whipped them out, and I fanned them out. I said, you can have any of these glow tracks that you want. So she took a few of them, and she looks back at the other guy. She says, see, I told you I'd get another one. And so not everybody even cares about the candy or the mint or the whatever it is that you've attached. There are people out there searching for Jesus, searching for God's word. And we need to be faithful 
in teaching our children and in doing it ourselves and spreading God's word and sharing it with others. Uh, one of my most famous idea, Bible app ideas that the Lord has given me has been bananas. Those are bananas. And uh, they, what we do is we have this little heart health card on the front. There's a Bible verse. It says that it's a project of the Alpena Seventh Avenue School or whatever school you were with. This happens to be from there. And then on the back of that card, there were four health benefits of bananas. And then there was a balanced living health track that goes with it. And this was the first time we ever did it. So that little boy right there on the bottom is my 10-year-old. He's 10 years old now. He's probably like two or three right there. And we would take these kids, we would load up the wagon with bananas, and we would go in and out of businesses <clears throat> all over town or just the people that we met on the street. And the kids would say, have a happy, healthy day. And they would hand them the banana and... Hardly anyone turns down a banana, I tell you. They would smile, and you know, the kids are so cute, they'll take anything from them. One story that goes along with this, a couple of years ago, I was doing that Bible or that outreach week of prayer, and we did this banana um, activity. And one of the young ladies, I was there with her, she walks into a bank. There was a man over at the copy machine. So she walks up to him, and she says, have a happy, healthy day, and she hands him a banana, and he's like, you will never believe this. He said, I was in a, such a hurry to leave the house this morning. My wife was yelling at me, take a banana, take a banana. And he said she will never believe that my banana showed up at work today. <laughs> so you never know, God works in mysterious ways. And hopefully he read that tract as well. This actually morphed. We actually, people loved it so much in town. Um, we decided to do, I don't have a picture of it. I should have brought one. But um, we decided to do, in the 4th of July parade, we had a banana float. So we had 2,300 bananas strung up with these cards and glow tracks. <clears throat> and then we had banana stickers. But we had a sign, we had a banner made that said, have a happy, healthy day. And we had two people in banana outfits. It was kind of funny. But anyways, people love that because most of the time, you know, you get candy thrown at a parade. But they love the bananas, the healthy idea. I really am almost done. I see that it's 10.30 now. I just have a couple of more. Um, just recently, a couple of months ago, what is this, June? Yep, in April, um, our Pathfinder group was doing a glow-a-thon. Our goal was to get out 3,000 glow tracks in two months, I believe. And so one of the ideas that we came up with was to spread health. Um, so we used raisins. The little tag says, another raisin to smile with a merry heart does good like a medicine Bible verse. On the back of that card, there's health benefits of smiling. And then Balanced Living has a track that says change your mindset. So it's about mental health. And so in just less than two hours, our Pathfinder group passed out 480 of these tracks. We again went in and out of businesses. We went everywhere. Everyone we could um, we met, we gave one of these two, and we would just tell them, this is a treat for you. Or some of them would say, here's another raisin to smile. And they would hand them. And people were thrilled. These are the boys. They went, to, they had just gotten done with Menards, or maybe they were going into Menards, actually. But we had a lot of fun handing out raisins all over town. Oh, and one other place. This little girl, these two girls, went to, there's a Bigsby or something like that, as a drive-thru. So they were standing at the drive-thru catching people as they drove through. And so anyways, that was kind of fun. Um, and the last one that I wanted to share with you, this one is a clothespin. And the little card says, hang your troubles on the Lord. And then the Bible verse, Psalms 55:22 says, um, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. And No, the whole Bible verse says, hang your trouble on the Lord and he will sustain you. So then the clothespin is there. We use this as an outreach um, for personal ministries. I think we did it with the church one Sabbath. And so we would just go up to the door and we would let them know that we had a little, we had a clothespin for them. And I would say, they would kind of look at you funny. I would say, well, I know that sounds a little funny, but we're just reminding people that they can hang their troubles on the Lord. And so we'd give it to them and they'd usually smile. And actually, you know, sometimes when you go up to a door and you offer spiritual things right away, sometimes, you know, it's not really accepted or whatever. But I was so surprised. I mean, most people were just really excited about that and very thankful for it. Um, we met that afternoon, and my children were with me. Uh, we met a 14-year-old little girl that lived in a foster home. 
And she went up to the door and we talked to her. Her, I didn't know it was her um, foster father who came. But anyways, he came and listened to, to it for a few minutes. And, and I mentioned to him that I, I told her also that we, after we give them this, I would say to them, we're also praying with people in the community. Is there anything that you would like prayer for? And that's when it came out that she was 14. She was in a foster home and that her father had abandoned her on the streets just six months before that. And so she had a lot of turmoil. She was dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And so she told me, this is just what I needed to hear. And so when her father was there and I mentioned that she was just going to tell me some things that she would like me to pray for, he's like, then I will just leave you two alone. And he went back into the house um, and we talked and we prayed with her. There are people hurting in this world. And it is one of the most beautiful things when our children can help us minister to, to the needs of those around them. If only this came naturally, right? And if only it was easy to go up and give somebody a glow track. I know it's not. But God will give us wisdom as we learn to do this. As we learn to, like 1 Corinthians 10.24 says, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. As we seek to make this a priority and as we seek to make others first, the Lord will truly bless. Um, Cinda mentioned uh, Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. And, and I promise you, I've seen it happen just this week, actually. Um, my heart was so thrilled by some of the things that my children did all on their own accord to serve others or to think of others first. And so I can testify that as we teach our children to do this, they might not be perfect. They're still going to have problems, and they're still going to have sins just like we do. But as we do it and make it a habit, it will become a habit in their hearts as well, and they will find joy in serving others and serving the Lord. Serving others is one of the best ways to combat selfishness. And the more we do it, the, natural it will be, the more natural it will become. But we must be intentional about living a lifestyle of service. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you have given us the joy and the privilege of serving you and of teaching our children to serve you and to love you. Lord, give us wisdom as we endeavor to serve you better, as we're learning and as we're growing and as we're becoming more like you. Father, I just pray that you will Give us ideas. Give us wisdom and understanding as we try to do this for you. And Lord, thank you that we can leave the results up to you. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust our children to you. We just love you so much. We want to serve you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.